Fat Tuesday is actually the day that you would indulge in what you are going to give up for Lent. When it first started, they would give up red meat for the full 40 days, so they would feast all day on Fat Tuesday, knowing that they weren't going to have red meat for 40 days. So it was a day of feasting. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard. And I'm Anna Strider. We are excited because today we are bringing you episode number 10. 10 episodes. We're in the double digits, Brady. That's exciting. It's very exciting. And it's even more exciting because we are only three weeks away from Mardi Gras right now. King Cake is everywhere that you could think of. And it's just a really great time to be here in Southwest Louisiana. Yeah, Mardi Gras really is the premier celebration that we host here in Louisiana. That's what everyone kind of knows us for. And we obviously take a heck of a lot of pride in doing so and doing it as big as possible, which here in Lake Charles, we do try to do it just in a much more family-friendly vibe, which you're going to learn a lot more about uh, as you hear from our guest, David Falk, who's the director of the Mardi Gras Museum here in Southwest Louisiana. And you said big. We like to go all out, and that's why it's a five-day celebration here. But we're going to go ahead and get started with our segment that we open up with every episode, and that is Envy Eats. It's the segment where we dish on Southwest Louisiana dishes and our local restaurant scene, a place that we get to give you the lowdown on where we like to eat. This week, we head to Peronis. And Peronis is a local establishment and has been in the community since 1989. It's located along Kirkman Street there. It is just a few blocks away from the I-210 Loop and just minutes away from McNeese downtown and Prion Lake Mall. So it's a really great spot that you can pop in and grab a sandwich or a cake or an a king cake. It's one of those places that's cool in that on the weekends, you can see up to four generation of the family in the kitchen, making the dough, making the desserts, making the entrees. It really is a staple of this community. And it's got such a vibrant energy when you walk into the restaurant. You walk in, it's got this open air space to it. And the counter where you order from the deli is directly into the building, but tucked away a little bit. So you get to walk in and see the people who are dining there before anything else. And they have an outdoor area that during the springtime, it's a beautiful way to pass through there. They have flowers all in their gardens. It's very well maintained. And then a drive up window because why not? Yeah, they know what they're doing too. What I mean by that is when you walk in and try to go to the counter to order, you have to walk by every dessert that they have out there. At this time of the year, the king cakes are sitting there, so you have to pass right by the king cakes, and then there's all the cupcakes and the cannolis. And, and the cookies yeah. and the cakes. Yeah, they know what they're doing is what I'm trying to say. They sell me every time I go in. <laughs> and when we say cupcakes and cakes and cookies, that is really what the bakery is known for. They have just multiple different cabinets, different sizes and flavors. They have sweet potato cakes, king cake, and cupcakes. Red velvet, raspberry, white chocolate, you name it, they've got it. They even do different holiday-themed king cakes throughout the year. But their most well-known flavor is champagne, and they actually make that with champagne. And they usually top it with a nice cream cheese frosting, so it kind of really pairs a kind of a, a nice muted cake with a really sweet topping, and it's 
And it's a great cupcake for sure. We definitely got it today. So you walk in, you've got the cakes on one side, and then you've got the cookies on their other side. And they have all of your favorite traditions of M&M, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin. But they also have lemon tea cake and pecan sugar and cannolis over there as well. So just a full variety of baked goods. But Baroni's isn't just a one-trick pony. In addition to the really good bakery that they have, their deli is just as impressive with their different offerings of their entrees. They're known a lot for their mufalata there. They also have plenty of great other sandwiches. Uh, roast beef is one that they really have up there. And they even have some unique offerings like tamales and chili, which is what you got. That is what I got. And... I mean, I love tamales. I didn't, you don't expect there to be tamales in the bakery, but you walked in and they had onions and olives and jalapenos all in this chili cheese on that's drizzled on top of these tamales. And I got to say, it hit the spot. I can imagine. It looked really good. In addition to that, and the po' boys, as I was mentioning, the salad and the different sandwiches, they also serve pizza. And this might be the secret pizza place in the entire town. What I mean by that is most people that go there, there are people that have been going there for decades that don't realize that they actually serve pizza. At least that's what the owner was telling us is that they've had regulars that said, wait, wait, you serve pizza? We had that happen to us while we were eating there. Someone came up and was like, where did they have pizza? Right there on the menu. And so I had to order it because uh, I wanted to find out about this jewel, this diamond in the rough. And I was really impressed with the crust. That's what stood out to me. It was a really doughy, soft crust, which is my favorite. I'm a sucker for kind of a soft crust pizza, and it didn't let down. I got added some jalapenos on top of my pepperoni, so I had a real classic pizza taste there with the pepperoni and the jalapenos on top. And it was really, really good. And honestly, it's one of my favorite pizzas in town. And you're talking about the crust there, but I think that really is the nod of what the main key of this deli and bakery is, and that is their bread. All of their bread is made fresh daily from scratch in their kitchen back there. They wake up that morning, they make it, and that is what is served on the different sandwiches, the pizza crust bread, and even they have their own take on the king cakes. It is. Instead of the cinnamon log that you often see as the king cake, they use their bread and create the king cake off of that. So it's a very crunchy crust on their king cake versus the traditional where it's really soft all the way through. And so it's it's a unique experience to a king cake that still is really delicious. We got the Bavarian cream, and I really enjoyed the different take on the king cake that they offered. It was really good. I agree. The icing that was on top was just the perfect kind of cream cheese style icing with some sprinkles on top. I lean more towards the softer icing on top of a king cake versus the harder candy or just sprinkle sugar icing on top. But when we walked in, we ordered, there was only a few king cakes left. You know, we're, we're coming in towards the end of the day and their lunch rush and we're ordering. And they were like, well, why don't you go pick out your king cake first and come back because you never know. And it wasn't even that late. I think we were there like noon. Yeah. And because they just, they're selling out so quickly during this time of the year because they make such a unique king cake and it's made fresh daily. So it's really a hot item and they do different types of king cakes as well. They have their traditional, the cream cheese filling I saw online and I was just very upset that I didn't get to try it, which was their apple cinnamon filled cream cheese. So the chocolate eclair, which was there. You were not quite bold enough to try it. I wasn't. I really wanted to try that Bavarian and it did not let me down. 
So whenever you're in Lake Charles and you want something a little different, something with a little bit of an Italian flair, Peroni's is a great place to get your taste of great Italian-style bakery and then obviously some good sandwiches or the diamond in the rough, the pizza. Yes. So head on over, go through the drive through pop in, check it out, and let us know what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome David Falk onto the podcast. David is the director of the Southwest Louisiana Mardi Gras Museum, a role that he's held for six years. His floral and costume designer background prepared him for that role with how both tie into the Mardi Gras celebration. Now, he gets to celebrate Fat Tuesday all year long and help preserve more than a century of history here in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome to the show, David. Hello. Welcome. We're really excited to have you here. We know there's so many fun events and festivals that Southwest Louisiana puts on each year, but I think Mardi Gras is one of those quintessential events that the rest of the country just really doesn't quite understand how special it is to us here in Southwest Louisiana. So we're excited to be here today to talk about it with you. Well, thank you for having me. And before we get started with our conversation today, we're going to ask you a few questions to get to know you a little bit better. Great. All righty. So question number one, crawfish or gumbo? Uh, it's a battle between the both, but gumbo, I think, beats it out. Yeah, we try to make it hard. Why gumbo? Why gumbo? Because there's so many variations on gumbo. What's your favorite? Uh, the chicken and sausage, the basic. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, what, is, what is it about the chicken and sausage that really draws you to it? That good home feeling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. Like, you know, most people around the country eat soup when they feel bad. Yeah, it's that comfort food. Yeah. So our next question, poolside or beachside? Pool. Why? Fighting the sand and nature. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just easier by the pool. It's easier by the pool. I can relate. I have, I, you don't see many beach bars. You see lots of pool bars, though. Yes. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's always fun, too. Next question, concert or comedy show? Comedy show. Okay. Have... Finally. Yes. Finally. Why? You can hear music anywhere. Comedy, you have to search for. That's true. Yeah. And good comedy, too. Yes. That really makes yes. you laugh. Has there been any comedy shows that have come to town recently via, you know, the Golden Nugget Little Bears that, that you've been able to go see? Uh, not necessarily through the casinos, but Jen Cobra's been here lately, and she's wonderful. And this episode, since we are kicking off Mardi Gras, we have a special new question. When we're talking king cake, do you like your king cake traditional or with a cream cheese filling? With a filling. With a filling? Same. Ah, Same. I got to say, I just love the traditional. I like, I like the Bavarian creams and things like that. Yes. There's nothing wrong with traditional. Let me, let's go. I've seen a lot of really bad Facebook posts. You know who you are. <laughs> with the king cake slander. That I'm not here to take. However, the cream cheese, I like the cream cheese. Like my favorite is the fruit cream cheese with the raspberry, strawberry, blueberry. Yes. Cream cheese filling to me is the best because you get a little bit of fruit. You get that kind of that cream in the middle and you still get the cinnamon dough and the icing on top. I think we've found our controversial difference here. So do you, do you like it at all with the cream cheese? I like cream cheese, but you threw in strawberry into that? Yeah. The cream. No, no. What? Just the cream. Just just yeah. the cream or just traditional. <laughs> There's no other flavors that should be associated. You're being serious right now. I you? am being 100% serious. And over the years, they've added so many flavors. Now they even have boudin in the middle. Okay, I can do boudin as well. Those that, are good. Those are that's my not, three. That's not even a king cake anymore. No, that's more of a meal. That's, that's a kolache. <laughs> 
Well, a kolache with a sweeter outside wrap around it. <laughs> well, now that we've gotten to know you a little bit better through our questions, we're going to get started with the topic at hand. We've been looking forward to it all year. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Those two words are so synonymous with what our state is. And when visitors come and just anyone, I guess maybe the first couple times that you hear about Mardi Gras, the immediate association is just with the parade, the mask, the beads. But Mardi Gras is so much more than that. There's a lot more to it. It's actually based on the Catholic religion of giving up something for Lent and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. The Epiphany is actually 12 days after Christmas. You've heard of the 12 days of Christmas. On the 12th day is the day that the three wise men were able to find baby Jesus and give him the gifts. That begins the Lent period leading into Ash Wednesday. And that's why we celebrate and start partying and really indulging in all the sweets and get-togethers and celebrations during that time leading into the accumulation of all on Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras Day. I was about to say, that's where Fat Tuesday comes from. Mardi Gras, meaning Mardi. Tuesday, Gras, meaning big, large, or in this instance, fat. Because, you know, in typical uh, Louisiana fashion, which I know that there's some debate about where it started, but I know we've made it the best, right? Louisiana has really taken a hold. (laughs) Where, you know, you kind of get all that indulgence out of the way during the Mardi Gras time. So yes, for Lent, Ash, uh, Ash Wednesday, where it kind of starts the Lent, you have to cut everything out. Yes. Fat Tuesday is actually the day that you would indulge in what you are going to give up for Lent. When it first started, they would give up red meat for the full 40 days. So they would feast all day on Fat Tuesday, knowing that they weren't going to have red meat for 40 days. So it was a day of feasting. Wow. I can only imagine feasting all day. On Fat Tuesday. Big buffet. Yes. You know, and it's been celebrated for so long just here in the state. I know New Orleans started their celebrations in the 1700s. Yes. Late 1800s is when Southwest Louisiana got on board and started celebrating. What about Mardi Gras do you think has really made it such a tie to the culture here, not only in Southwest Louisiana, but the state as a whole? Mm, That's a tough question. Being that the first celebration of Mardi Gras was held in this area. I think that's why it grew in this area. It just spawned from back in, like you said, the 1700s and in Southwest Louisiana, the 1800s. And then it fits so much too, you know, with the Catholicism being such a main religion in the area as well. It all kind of ties together that of course it would be such a big deal here. Yes. uh, Way back when Louisiana was starting It was predominantly Catholic families that started settling in this area. And we were talking about the late 1800s is when Mardi Gras really was established here. And we have the first record of there being celebrations in Southwest Louisiana. But it hasn't been that the entire time we've been having those celebrations. There was a time during World War II and everything when all of that. Yes, uh, Mardi Gras celebrations were put on pause for quite a few occasions, like the wars, there was an occasion where the celebrations got out of hand and the partying got a little too much. So they had to calm it down by stopping it for a couple of years and then they restarted it again. Such an interesting contrast to what we know as Southwest Louisiana Mardi Gras today, being that much more friendly family yeah. kind of atmosphere. Can you imagine New Orleans shutting Mardi Gras down? 
Lord. And so with that, it wasn't until 1964 that we actually had our first ball here. And I believe it was 1959 or late 50s that we had a cruise start. And then the ball and then in the 80s, we really had a lot of crews be established. Yes, our first two crews to start here in our area were Crew of Cosmos. And then Crew of Contraband was uh, soon to follow right after that. Both of those crews started as family-oriented type crews. That's where the family orientation really got established in this area. It wasn't an adult occasion. It was a family occasion. And how would you really describe crews? Because for people that may not be familiar, they may not know all that goes into being a crew and crew member. The crews are formed basically the same way as a junior league club or a Kiwanis club. Their main interest is the celebration of Mardi Gras. A lot of them do philanthropy type work where they will help out families in the area or different school organizations in the area, things like that. And obviously they're the ones that ride in the parade and then get to throw that ball before it all kind of happens where yes. they can really enjoy themselves. And the, that's where you see the crazy dresses and, and the crazy tuxedos and stuff. And the costumes. The real crazy yes. costumes. That's where they kind of celebrate them before the parade. And if you're lucky, you will get an invitation to one of their balls to see the full performance. Have you been? I've never been to a ball, but I have my first invite this year. So We do I will... have a few that are open to the public, and they do sell tickets to their presentations. Yes, and there isn't very many in the state at all that have the ability for the public to join one of the balls. So that's a really unique thing to our area. Yes, and that's why Southwest Louisiana started the Twelfth Night Gala and the Lundy Gras Gala, which is actually the Monday night before Mardi Gras. It gets all of our crews together in one building so that the public can see the costumes and the effort that goes into it every year. And these are extravagant costumes. Like, this is a huge deal to be able to go and see these. Yes. The costumes can range from small to very large and inexpensive to very expensive. So we have a variety of styles of costumes in our area. Not all the crews go way out. Some of them have simple cocktail parties. It's definitely walking art, some of the uh, some of the costumes. I mean, I've seen feathers and stuff that are as tall as the, the woman wearing them. Yes, I've seen costumes as tall as 15, 20 feet tall. Oh, my goodness. How much does that weigh to carry that around? <laughs> they can range from 10 to 15. Some of them go up to 30, 40, 50 pounds. Wow. It's like carrying a backpack. Or a big baby. <laughs> a really big baby. <laughs> <laughs> Your king cake was too large that year. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and, and so Lake Charles has really made a footprint in the state based that family-friendly atmosphere. And that is really such an identity here. How do you feel like that reflects in the celebrations, including the parades? Um, a lot of our crews will include the children in the Mardi Gras festivities as part of the presentation here in Lake Charles, we have Children's Day, and it includes a children's parade, which is the Mardi Gras crews have their children, grandchildren, riding the floats that year. And that's one of our largest parades is the Children's Day Parade. And that happens during the weekend of Mardi Gras. Yes, weekend We know that Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday. This year, it's Tuesday, February 21st. But our celebrations here really begin the Friday before 
Mardi Gras and are all weekend long. Yes, I think uh, this year we're actually starting on Thursday night with the boat parade. Yes. So we'll have a boat parade, and then Friday night we kick off with the Merchants Parade. Yes, and then Children's Day Parade. The Marcus. Gumbo Cook-Off. Yes, the Gumbo Cook-Off. That's a, another public event that everyone's invited to, along with our community dance that we have. That is a public event, and everybody's invited to come out and have a good time. And we also have the crew of Barkus, so there's dogs that yes, are dressed up. Yes, the Puppy while... Parade. Yes. That's one of the favorites of the children. All of our puppies get dressed up in their Mardi Gras garb and parade around the Civic Center. It's a howling good time. <laughs> yes. It's you just... won't have a rough time out there. <laughs> Not at all. It's nothing to, sh <laughs> you know. Nothing it's to bark plenty, at. Yeah, it's plenty to, sh it's nothing to shake a stick at. <laughs> throw some treats along the, the route. Yeah, throw some treats. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on Tuesday, we have... The Jeeps parade that goes on during the day. Yes. You, uh, the stroll. They have the Children's Day stroll. Then there's the uh, the second line stroll. That one goes through too. And we all also of... have the antique car, uh, the hot rod parade. Ooh. Antique cars and hot rods. Don't they call that motor gras? Yes, they do. motor gras. <laughs> and all of the, these festivities. So we're celebrating from Thursday night all the way into Tuesday. And all of it ends with the main event which formerly was known as the Crew of Crews, which all of the crews that are active in our area, which is over 50. Yes, I think we have like 54 or 55 this year participating. And they all come and parade at the close of day yes, on Mardi Gras all day. down Ryan Street. And that's so unique to this area because I know a lot of other Mardi Gras festivities throughout the state, parades are typically put on by a single crew. Yes, each crew will sponsor their own parade. But here. for here, it adds in more to the family-friendly, community-friendly. They all work together to create to make one, one giant event. Yeah, that's awesome. And a lot of these events, most of these events, actually, that are put on during actual Mardi Gras weekend in the heart of downtown Lake Charles are put on by Southwest Louisiana Mardi Gras, which is an organization that was put together a number of years ago. Yes, and that organization includes all of the crew's captains, which are the leaders of each crew. And we have approximately 75 members of that board. And that board really works to put all of this on. They work with the city to make sure everything is taken care of as far as road closures, yes, all of those all intricate details. And their volunteer organization that... Yes, it's all volunteer. And just the passion of Mardi Gras and making sure that we have something really special to celebrate still. When you're celebrating, what's your favorite catch? Candy and beads. I always look for a glass bead. So I've somehow managed to catch a glass set of beads every Those year. Those are rare. That they're very <laughs> rare, and I've managed to catch a number of well, them. And, and that's something that people don't realize necessarily, too. The crew members each pay for their throws. Everything yes. they throw is paid by the crew members themselves. Individually paid, yes. Exactly. So typically for the glass beads, there may only be two or one that they decide to throw out during the whole parade. So if you're lucky enough to catch something so unique, consider yourself very lucky. Yes. And we're talking about catches and throws and stuff. I know that parades around the country, that's not something everyone does. No, that's a Louisiana unique thing to do around here is give your guests gifts when they come to view the parade. So as a... Someone standing on the sidelines, you know, when the floats are passing, there are crew members and 
and their family and friends are on the float and actually tossing beads out into the audience. There's stuffed animals, snacks. Doubloons. Doubloons. <laughs> decorative underwear. <laughs> you name we, it. We've all seen them, right? We can't shirts, deny it. Shirts, teddy bears. I mean, Plastic it, cups. It, it ranges. Plastic cups. Uh, I think my son caught a football last year. He caught a, okay, funny story. He caught a purple elephant last year. <laughs> I it was his it. first Mardi Gras. He was about eight, nine months old. He actually slept through most of it. We caught a purple elephant. No big deal. A sweet little elephant. We put it in his room. It's become his absolute favorite thing because he has a book that has a purple elephant in it, and he grabs them both, and he holds them together, and will do the <laughs> elephant noise. And so I can think Mardi Gras. For With this Mardi yes. Gras elephant. Exactly. <laughs> So that's something that's really special, and that's a great story of what the catches mean for people. Yeah, so. and a little history on the Mardi Gras beads. When they first started handing out the Mardi Gras beads years ago, they were all made of glass. Wow. Yeah, and over the years, you know, industry and everything, and technology, we've gotten to the plastic ones now. That makes that so much more special for me. I have a little drawer full of my glass beads that I've caught each year. So a little fun fact, though, when you come out to the parades, Make sure you bring a bag. Absolutely. Yes, a tote bag to bring your stuff home. Yes. You don't want to be lugging it around and just what you can carry in your hand. So Yeah, Mardi Gras is such a such a special time. And that's where a lot of us remember that are from the area, remember growing up and experiencing. But it also is such a unique time because that's not the only way locals celebrate Mardi Gras. Just down the road, 15 minutes away in Iowa, is something called the Chicken Run. Yes, the Carrera de Mardi Gras. A lot of our smaller towns and country towns celebrate Mardi Gras a little bit differently. They basically have their crews get together early in the morning. They will travel to all the country homes, collecting the ingredients for the feast on Fat Tuesday. When they arrive to the farmhouse, they usually have to pay for their ingredients. Since they don't have money, the way they pay for it is they will sing a song and do a little Cajun dance to pay for all their food. They receive all the rice, the vegetables, the chickens. Sometimes when they receive the chicken, it's a live chicken. The farmer will throw it out, and the revelers will have to chase their food and catch it. That's where the chicken run name comes in there. Once they've collected all their chickens, they go to the community center and cook the big feast, and everybody in town is invited to come eat for free. We've talked about all this great food, and that that's so much a part of everything that Mardi Gras encompasses, is really celebrating and indulging. And we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about king cake. I know we touched on it beforehand, but king cake really has a history and story to be told of how it's become so popular and ingrained in everything that we are eating, drinking yes. during this time of the year. King cake started way back in time, early in the 1800s. Um, it started as a French pastry type dessert, um, mainly made of pastry, cinnamon, and sugars. Um, when it first started, they would hide a bean or a little trinket inside the cake representing the baby Jesus. And the person that found that baby Jesus or the bean in that slice of cake was honored as king or queen of the celebration that year. And they had the honor of bringing the cake to the next function. And what an honor that is. And yeah. that's still... I was going to say, now we kind of celebrate it similar 
But now it's the whoever bought the king cake will gets to choose because what it is is the baby comes right in the middle of it yes. to where you pick it up and then you can insert it into whatever piece you want for safety reasons. They for safety reasons, that, yes. yeah. <laughs> so when you find it, you then get to put it in whatever piece you want, and whoever finds the baby now is responsible for bringing the cake. Yes, for bringing the next king cake to the next celebration. And. All my family's still in Virginia, of course, and I had sent my grandmother, who at the time was 94, a king cake, and she found the little baby and had her helpers call me, ask me all about it, and when I came home, she had left the little plastic baby in her windowsill. <laughs> For the last two or three years, it sat there as just a representation because they thought that aspect of it was so cool. Yes. We have a lot of business offices that during the carnival season, we'll bring the king cake to the office and whoever gets the baby in the king cake brings it for the next week. So they have king cakes week after week after week during Lent. Well, of course. There's there's so many, as during we mentioned. During the carnival season. Yeah, as we mentioned during the start, there's so many variations of king cake now. We have, even locally, we have a, a cookie shop that recently started doing a king cake cookie Twenties. Uh, I've seen yes. king cake. I've seen miniature king cakes where it's kind of personal size. I've seen places like like Rouse's Grocery. They serve them in single cuts, so you don't have to buy the entire cake. Yes. You can buy just a single slice. And so there's so many variations in how it's served to you. And then, as we've mentioned, there's the very basic way that's kind of like a cinnamon bread with an icing on yeah, top. Yeah, like a fancy cinnamon bun. Yeah, it, it is basically a, a fancy cinnamon roll in a way. To then we also have them with cream cheese and fruit, which is the best way to have it. And we also (laughs) have a lot of different treats and twists on king cake, milkshakes, daiquiris. Cheesecakes. Vodka. Cheesecake, vodka, you name it. And we mix king cake with it just about during this season. And if it's almost as if a restaurant or a business that serves some sort of food or drink product doesn't have a king cake twist to it you're surprised yeah, it's kind of <laughs> weird right yeah it's like are we in louisiana <laughs> <laughs> so awesome and and that's and the way that every aspect of mardi gras ties into another aspect of mardi gras shows i guess just how special it is to all of us here that grew up with it and even people like anna who didn't but is immediately gravitated toward it and has felt included in the celebrations just shows like how big a piece of a culture it is for us here. Yeah, that's a big part of the Louisiana Mardi Gras celebration. doesn't matter where you come from. Bring a mask, put it on, come have a good time. We've talked so much about the celebrations and all the events and things that you can do during Mardi Gras and the weekend, but we also, you're the director of the Mardi Gras Museum, but we don't have a Mardi Gras Museum right now. Yeah, it's temporarily closed. Laura, the hurricane, pretty much wiped out the whole city, and we're still recovering from it. We did receive a large grant to rebuild the Mardi Gras Museum. We're just in the process of all the red tape right now, getting everything lined up to get it reopened. But one of the blessings was that a lot of the gowns and the pieces that were shown in the museum were unscathed by the storm. Yes, luckily the building we were in is the old Central School building, and it was built really strong. The building itself got damaged, but only two or three of our costumes had the feathers messed up on them. Costumes themselves pretty much all made it through the storm. That is fantastic. And some of those costumes, though, 
the Mardi Gras Museum isn't here right now. They're being displayed at the Imperial Calcasieu Museum. Yes, we have a few costumes that will be on display for the next month at the Imperial Calcasieu Museum. Um, those encompass the black crews here in town, along with the black history of the crews. That's fantastic. And, and, it, and it's cool that even while we're waiting to get the, the next iteration of the Mardi Gras Museum, a piece of our Mardi Gras history is still being honored and revered, so to speak. Yes, and represented. And represented. Well, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you all about Mardi Gras. I know I'm very excited. We are just three weeks away from Mardi Gras, so there's still plenty of time to book your hotel room, invite your family and friends, and make the most out of the celebration that is Mardi Gras in Southwest Louisiana. It sure is. Thanks again for David Falk for joining us here on the show. And thank you for taking time out of your day to join us here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. Each rating and review allows us to be able to further tell the unique experiences and stories that Southwest Louisiana has to offer. Head over to visitlakecharles.org for all the information on Southwest Louisiana Mardi Gras, where to eat, where to dine, and things happening this weekend. I'm Anna Strider. And I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks again for coming play on Louisiana's Playground. Set to you.